Welcome back to How Good Was It, where we review the movies of our golden past to see this they still hold up in this, our modern age. Oh boy. So just to give a little insight as to the behind the scenes of How Good Was It, sometimes we uh, record episodes back to back because we're such hardworking folks here at How Good Was It. And uh, we just finished reviewing a doozy of a movie. And so if I sound a little off, it's because I'm totally disoriented. This is coming after our taxi driver review. And that movie did me in. But you know what? Let's put that behind us. Hello, Scott. Hey, what's happening, June? And hello, Dana. It'll be Black History Month, June. This is exciting. <laughs> I know we're, we're hitting some good movies this month. We're going to make sure that we're Black Empowerment. Um, so what movies did we do this month again? Well, wow. I'm sorry to disappoint you, sir. But... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, every week we give Dana just that extra incentive to just say, fuck you guys, and walk off the set. Um, mm. But thankfully, he is still with us, and I am eternally grateful. Yes, we are continuing with our random picks in which one of us will pick the movie of the week. We do take turns, even though to let you in on a little secret, it's mostly Scott's. Uh, and that's okay, because he does pick some interesting film fare. It, it, unless you don't like the film, then then it wasn't me. If, oh, if no, you like the film, it was probably me. Yes, exactly. If not, he usually blames Dana or myself. Yeah. Um, but that being the case, the pick of this week is one that I'm actually surprised we haven't done yet. We haven't done anything Quentin Tarantino related, right? Mm -hmm. And I know he didn't direct this film. Did not. But I believe he wrote it. Am I correct yes. in saying that? Yeah. And that movie is actually one of my wife's favorite films. So maybe we could get her in on the second oh, half of this episode wow. to get some thoughts. We'll see. No promises. But that movie is True Romance. From the director of Top Gun and Beverly Hills Cop 2. Hello, baby. Clarence? I'm a married man, buddy. <laughs> a con man. Ask him if he got the letter. Did you get the letter? What letter? He wants to talk to you. No time, tell him we gotta go. A call girl. You call for a day? Huh? Ah! I'm out She a four alarm fire or what? She seems very nice. What are you doing in LA anyway, huh? And a suitcase full of trouble. Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, Dennis Hopper, Val Kilmer, Gary Oldman, Brad Pitt. Christopher Walken. Slow it down, man. In a Tony Scott film. I think what you did. I think what you did. Not since Bonnie and Clyde have two people been so good at being bad. True romance. Before we get into this week's episode. I'd like to give our audience a little reminder of what we do here at How Good Was It? Each episode is broken up into two halves. The first half is all about our recollection from memory of the movie. We then pause, we watch the movie, and we come back to go over how much we got wrong, how much we got right, and most importantly, does the movie still hold up? Is it as good or as bad? as we remember it to be. With that, let's get in to this week's movie. 
So let's get right into it, man. What the hell do we remember about this film? I'll tell you this much. I remember more about Taxi Driver than I remember about this film, and that's a shame. <laughs> um, but I do yeah. remember that I actually liked this film at the time. So uh, what do you guys remember about True Romance? Well, I think it's a similar theme to Taxi Driver. Oh, <laughs> I think it's good. it could be a companion film. So <laughs> I believe Christian Slater, who stars in this film, is a little bit deranged, kind of like a Travis Bickle type, you know, kind of a loner and wow. falls falls in love with a prostitute played by Patricia Arquette. And he decides he's going to get her out of her contract with, uh, well, basically she's being controlled by a pimp played by Gary Oldman. Oh, and yeah. uh, he's going to shoot his way out of there and take off with her and get on the run. And that's, I feel some reason I think they have to go to California. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's about all I remember. I remember Brad Pitt's in this movie as he just plays a roommate of somebody and his name's Floyd, and he just smokes weed and lays on the couch all day. I remember that. I think Bronson Pinchot's in this as well as uh oh. as one of like uh Christian Christian, what did I just blank out his freaking name? Slater. Uh, Slater. Christian Slater's uh, buddies. You could call and him Mr. Robot if you want. Yeah, Mr. Robot. Yeah, you know, Mr. I'm doing a Jack Nicholson impression. Uh, yeah, yes. you can call him that. Oh, my goodness, uh, all the time. <laughs> and he, is, he is in full mode Jack Nicholson in this film. You know, this is maybe, other than Heather's, this is probably his most Jack Nicholson-like character. Yeah. That's, a, I don't know, that's about what I remember. Uh, how about you, Dana? I remember this being a like a really action packed movie. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I, as far as plot, I feel like I'm just gonna have to say I believe you because I don't remember the plot <laughs> at all. <laughs> like even as you were saying it, I was like, "Yep, don't remember that. Don't remember that. Don't remember that." But I think there's drugs do... involved too. I think I want to say maybe they they steal like Gary Oldman's drugs and they that have to sell it. That sounds appropriate. And I think they have to like it? sell okay. it because yeah, they yeah. are being chased oh, throughout okay. the movie. Yeah. Because I think because yeah. I, I I do remember Christopher Walken was in this. I think Christopher Walken is. I, I think it's. I think he's also involved with the drug part. I yeah, maybe I it's think. his drugs that they they took yeah. from Gary Oldman. Mm. Yeah, because there's th that's. I think that's what I remember more about this movie. I remember this movie just had, it had so many actors. Like oh, it was just... I just remember another actor. See, now now you said Christopher yeah. Walken. Uh, Dennis Hopper plays Christian Slater's father. And, oh and Christopher Walken uh, goes and interrogates him, basically. And yeah. Oh, yes, you are right. Because now I just recall the scene with Dennis Hopper's character meeting Patricia Arquette's mm. character for the first yes. time. Yeah, and he's living in like some trailer or some shit mm -hmm. like or something. So the something yes, to that. that I, I think yeah. I remember the trailer. Yes, I, I think I yeah. remember that. Yeah, uh, but plot wise, it's that's pretty bad. I, I don't. Yeah, that, Samuel that's Jackson in this on. movie. Who? Hmm. What? Is Samuel in this? Maybe I don't remember. Well, he's in everything else. No reason why. He could well, I, I think he's movie. in this movie. <laughs> he probably, I, I really do. I remember. I think I remember he was randomly in this movie, and then. uh I guess I only remember that because I. Uh, what's the other big time movie with him and John Travolta? Um, Pulp, uh, Pulp Fiction. Bruce Willis. There we yeah. go. Pulp Fiction. <laughs> I, I I think uh, along. Uh, I, I think it was one of those movies where I was just like, this guy is in these action packed movies, and he kind of ended up being the the actor that kind of, I wouldn't say outlast them all, but the guy just keeps getting fucking work, and and I yeah. think. Uh, he had, I think he had a small role in this. I think it's just like randomly small in this. I, I remember liking this movie. Um, I saw this movie 
definitely not when it came out. Oh, um, I saw it in I, theaters. I per- did you really well? Like, what, mm-hmm. when did you when did you think it came? Is this a, like a mid nineties? I or? think it's ninety two. If I remember right, it came out okay. the same year of Re- Reservoir Dogs, oh. and I I think ninety two because they both I think they both came out like around the exact same time, and it was a big deal because you know, Quentin Tarantino wrote, wrote and directed Reservoir Dogs, but like oh yeah, but he also wrote this movie, so you know I was got kind of pretty kind of hyped him up getting ready for Pulp Fiction. The timing sounds about right, because, yeah, that's when he became, uh, you know, his name became a buzzword in Hollywood as a result. You know, once Reservoir Dogs came out and he started uh, piquing everyone's interest and people started kind of going through whatever catalog he had at the time. And at that time, I think he only had writing credits because I think think it may be his first writing credit. This of Reservoir Dogs may have been his first writing credits. I I think that's that's it. Did he do I think. Did he write um, from dusk till dawn? He did, well? but that's later. That's even after okay. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's like I think that's like late nineties, like maybe 97, 98. Yeah. This, this film, I, I remember the feel. I don't remember. I of course the most memorable scene, memorable scene I remember is Brad Pitt. Uh, he played the most amazing stoner on earth, and, mm-hmm. and that was one of the funniest scenes in this movie. But the feel overall was Tarantino. <laughs> it was he has a very distinct style um to his writing and this is right in there um a lot of violence <laughs> <A> yeah. Lot... <laughs> um yeah that's tarantino i don't but... remember who directed this you guys know who directed this movie Mm-mm. i have no i think idea. it's a famous director too i just don't i don't remember who it is i hadn't oh. watched this movie the first time I saw it, again, my wife introduced this to, to my wife introduced me to a lot of movies that I missed out on the nine in the nineties. Um, so I didn't see this until the early thousands. You know, we rented it and she was like, This was another movie. She was like, You have to see this. And I do remember at the time I, I liked it quite a bit. She loves it. Um, I think we own it on DVD actually, but haven't watched it for a very long time. Um but was this movie successful in the theaters? Upon I think so. I, mean, I yeah. think it did well. I think it did better than Reservoir Dogs for sure. Reservoir Dogs yeah. didn't do like super well in the box office. That was more a video thing that that caught on. Yeah, that was kind of a a, a cult thing that happened after. Yeah, you know. But Reservoir Dogs was like a limited kind of release too. Yeah, was... yeah. I didn't see. I definitely didn't see that in the theater. Neither did I, I saw Pulp Fiction. The theater. So, what is your your guys' take on Quentin Tarantino? I just news today came out that. Uh, Brad Pitt is going to be in his final film. Quentin Tarantino's, you know, his claim that his next movie called The Critic is going to be his last film. And it's going to, you know, start shooting later this year and be out, I think, next year. And Brad Pitt's going to star in it. Are you guys big uh, QT fans? I think he's one of the more interesting filmmakers for sure. Um, Again, you know, he has a very distinct style to his films, to his writing and directing. Uh, but for me, he can be hit or miss. Some movies, I mean, I loved Re- one of my favorite films to this day. Still is Reservoir Dogs. You know, um, he he did so much with so little at the time, and he just created some stellar characters in the film. And and <laughs> one of the more violent films too, <laughs> especially sure. for the time. But I mean, you know, of course, you had things like Pulp Fiction, which took him to just superstardom as a director and a filmmaker. And he was able to write his own ticket after that. You know, he had his pick of the litter. Um, and since then, he's just been, you know, I can't say he's been one hit after another, 
some films did better than others and some films to me in my opinion were better quality than others but i'm into it well okay uh wasn't there a thing well dana do you want to take a stab at that question before i go any further or? sorry sure right on. Uh, no <laughs> i i sometimes it's really nice listening to you june actually i'm no, like, oh, where, where's it going yeah, you, you let me prattle on and i'll talk shit for <laughs> yeah, it's you like, don't, don't do that you're like an artist sir <laughs> i i mean i i think I, the only similarity i would say i have to your answer is i do agree for most audiences hit or miss i think for me when i think about qt which is great, Scott. Are you calling me a cutie? Like, oh, you, I guess okay. I feel I attractive, like, but, like... um, <laughs> but, uh, I, 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 I just, I honestly, I find him over the top. I, I, I really do. Um, you know, I, I think it's, I think he has a lot of original stories, but mm -hmm. I, I think he really, uh, he, he is such an over the top type of dude. Every single movie. I mean, it's just like, I think about like Django Unchained. It's just like, Ooh. is this a slave movie or is this a fucking crazy slave movie? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think we uh, don't answer you know, that question. Kill, yeah, I know. Kill Bill. I mean, I, I just everything is just. It's, it's just. I, I feel like this guy. He makes everything huge. Just aggrandized. It's. It's just. It's. It's just out of his world. So. So yeah. I mean, I. I like him, and I think just there's certain movies that I like more than others. Um, but I, when I think of him, I, I think of over the top all the time. Like, I'm, yes, subtlety is not a, something that he he uses. So yeah, that's... for sure, for sure. What did you guys think? And while we're, while we're on the subject and going through his films, um, I know this is about true romance, but uh, what was what was his last film? Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yes, correct. What did you guys think of that? Oh, I liked it. Yeah, I, I yeah. thought it was one. Of, I think it was one of his better films. <laughs> no. Oh well, really? Well, I, no, I think it's quite I've good. I've not even seen it. Okay, I'll, I, I'll, I'll, I'll put it out there. I'll, I'll probably try to watch I, it. I think I need a rewatch of that film. I saw it in the theater when it came out, and I didn't know what. I, I just remember feeling like it was too long. <laughs> it is definitely a little on the long side, but I think it really captures like a certain era of uh, Hollywood that it, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, the '60s Hollywood. And um, I think the performances are quite good. And yes. I think it's worth it all alone just for the Brad Pitt scene where, where he, he goes, he fights the Manson uh, family. I think it's just, <laughs> that, that's what? that's maybe okay. one of his best uh, Quintero okay. scenes ever. I mean, it's it's well worth it just to watch that scene alone. <laughs> that is cute. pretty hilarious. Uh, I'm going to call him QT because I can't help <laughs> He does not give a fuck about history. That is no, no, He changes history. I mean, Inglorious Bastards may be the, the, the <laughs> best example of someone changing history. The, them gunning no down Hitler in Germany is, yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, it's funny. Yeah. But again, uh, kind of hit or miss. Some films, obviously, like with any other director, um, I'm going to like more than others and for different reasons. Um, now he had a thing uh, where he was only going to do was it only ten films and call it quits? Is I that think what's so. Happening? Yeah, he he has said in quite a few interviews this will be his last film, but I, I don't yeah. think most people really believe him. I don't. Yeah, believe I mean, him he's. For him I think he's in his fifties. He's not that old. I think he's just maybe maybe he'll take a break for a little bit and do something. Yeah. But I, I, I couldn't imagine him quitting. He's he's uh, first and foremost he's a storyteller. Yeah. He's a story and you're not he's not gonna stop telling stories. It's in his blood. Uh and he's earned his place in Hollywood. 
as a great yeah. filmmaker. So why would he? I, I, yeah, like you said, I agree. He might take a break a few years off and then make some kind of big comeback. Be like, well, I got the bug again and I got a story to tell. No, I, I know it's a stacked cast and I remember really liking the film. I saw it in a theater. I probably saw it a few times on cable afterwards, but I definitely have not seen it since the 90s. I, I have not seen it in the last you know 20 something years. Well, unlike uh, Scott, twenty something years means the two thousands, and uh, that's when I saw it was sometime in like two thousand four, <laughs> sometime in college. But uh, the nineties, thirty years ago when it came out, I, I don't really uh, recall. God, I love calling you guys old. Um, no, I mean, <laughs> and you I, do it so well. <laughs> I, I, I'm excited to watch it because yeah, I, I I do I I do remember just. It was a random watch and uh, in college and just uh, I, I remember liking it. So I, I guess uh, I want to see if I still like it. It's, it's been a while. Yeah, same for me. I do recall Patricia Arquette being cute as hell in this movie. Too. So we'll see if that's the news as well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's get to watching True Romance. Again, listeners, thank you for your support. Please follow, like, and subscribe. Tune in for the next half, for the second half of our True Romance retro review let's get to watching true romance <laughs> let's say bye guys I'll see ya you're so romantic dude sit tight we'll be right back with how good was it do you have memories about this week's film that you'd like to share with us hit us up at how good was it pod for x formerly known as twitter at H-G-W-I pod. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel where you'll find video promos for each and every episode. Welcome back listeners to How Good Was It? Where we review the movies of our past. You know the script. And I am back with my fellow compadres. What is up, Scott? Hey, welcome back, Jim. And how are you today, Dana? Doing great. I'm. Uh, it's weird that you call him Scott. I actually call him Alabama because he's. Alabama. Uh, <laughs> it's appropriate. I think I'm across to do this podcast. Oh, it's nice to meet you, Alabama. <laughs> um, I wish the you, the listener, could see this. You could actually. You probably will. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, the first thing you will notice is this big teddy bear on the bottom of the screen he looks so soft and cuddly i love him i want to hug him to death and i'm so jealous that he has that snuggie on i'm talking about dana for those of you who can't see this for whatever reason but that being said now that i mentioned youtube i want to make it abundantly clear that this is the second half to one of our retro reviews if you want the first half you must log on to our rss feed or even your favorite streaming platform. It's in the description below. Look <laughs> down there. It's all there. Links to all our feeds. Wherever How Good Was It Is, you will find it in the description below. Now you have no excuse. It's worth it to catch the entire full-length audio podcast where we get so in-depth. We go through the whole plot. We dissect every scene. We shit all over actors and directors. You got to log in to get the whole shebang. Now that that is over, we are in the second half 
of our True Romance Retro Review. And oh boy, <laughs> what a movie. I literally just finished watching this like 10 minutes ago. Wow. So it doesn't mean it's fresh in my memory. As you all know, I have no memory. Let's see how we do. Let's jump right in. Do you guys want to start with any facts, figures, or observations? All right. Well, this movie was uh, 1993. I think that's, we we guessed it was around that time. I think I said, I thought it was 92. So this was a year after uh, Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs came out in 92. This came out in 93. Pulp Fiction came out in 94. So oh. yeah, Tarantino had a little bit of a run there. He sure um, did. Busy time for him. Yeah, it wasn't a hit. Uh, it was made for $13 million. <laughs> it grossed $13 million. Oh, so, yeah. Good. Yeah, Ouch. that's uh, surprising because I, I thought I this is definitely a movie that had legs on cable and on video yeah. for sure. I mean, this was a, a popular movie in, in that retrospect. I think probably, probably after Pulp Fiction because I, I think it's when Reservoir Dogs got big as well was after Pulp Fiction and people were crazy for Tarantino. Then they probably discovered this film as well. This is true. This is true. Both of those movies, this one and things like Reservoir Dogs. Um, yeah, they kind of grew legs after he reached like his superstar status as a director, as well as a writer for Pulp Fiction. Um, and after that, it was, you know, no stopping Tarantino. Yeah. But uh, this you know, man. Uh, so, so he did not direct this one. Obviously, who did directed? not direct it? Uh, Tony Scott, who directed Top Gun and uh, oh. The Last Boy Scout, the second Beverly Hills Cop film. I mean, Tony Scott was famous direct Ridley Scott's brother. Uh, in the, are they really uh, related? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Holy crap! Yeah, brothers, I have no yeah. idea. Uh, so a very successful director. You know, a guy did a lot of action. Did Crimson Tide? Did a lot of action films. So yeah, he's good. Good, solid director. Yeah, it seems like it. Oh. <laughs> Dana Campbell. I, 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 well, my mind blown a little bit because it's like clearly this this feels very Tarantino-y. So mm -hmm. it, it's just uh, when I when you bring up that uh, that director, it's like, well, yeah, they're they're action, but like we know what Quentin Tarantino action is. I mean, we we brought it up in part one. It is truly yeah. over the top. So I mean, it, it is. Uh, it's interesting. I bet he was just in the background as a producer, just like, not enough gunfire, not enough well, He really didn't have a lot to do with. He was never on set. He was just the screenwriter. I think he only made like like $30,000 for the screenplay. And wow. uh, yeah, no, he wanted to direct this movie before, but could never really raise the money for it. He thought he could do it on a low budget and decided to do Reservoir Dogs instead and then sold this. And he wrote this screenplay as one long screenplay. And the first half of it was, um, uh, oh shit, what's the name? Uh, Natural Born Killers. So Ooh. Natural Born Killers was the oh. first half of this screenplay. And then the characters from Natural Born Killers go on a run that is the run that um, Patricia Arquette and um, um, Christian Slater go on. So instead, he broke it into two different scripts and sold them separately because it was way too long to be one movie. Wow. I would have never thought. I mean, they. well, I mean, of course, um, you know, yeah. he didn't direct this one. So it had while it it reeked of Tarantino, especially in the script. Um, yes. It did have a different feel than Natural Born Killers. I mean, Natural Born Killers was fucking psycho. But Natural Born Killers, he didn't direct. Either. No, that was Oliver Stone. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. 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 That was even less of a Tarantino movie to me. This is yeah. more like a Tarantino movie than that one does. 
Yeah, yeah. This one definitely has Tarantino stank all over it. Um, especially uh, as we'll get to, you know, yes. you can't have a Tarantino without the, you know, very generous use yes. of uh, racial slurs. Yes, <laughs> correct, correct. I won't rip. I won't rip <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. But but you know, after not watching these movies for quite some time, um, it it just throws me off guard now. You know, back then, at first, upon first watching things like this. And uh, we did Taxi Driver. I'm going to reference it now. I beat you to it, Scott. You mm. haven't heard it yet, listener, but that's coming up. And that's, an, of course, that's an early Scorsese. And again, you know, we're talking 70s. And <laughs> this one's what, early 90s, you just said. You know, mm. it was still pretty common to use these kind of, uh, yeah. Anyway, let's yeah. move on, man. Anything else you want to cover as far as facts and figures? 13 million? That's also... It, it, yeah. Even yeah, bombed. Yeah, you know, um, Christian Slater was a little bit of what wasn't on the same page as Tony Scott how to play this uh character. So he gave him a copy of Taxi Driver and told him, Watch, I want you to act like De Niro. You know, th- this is what the character is is in my mind. He's like uh Travis Bickle. So oh. that, that's a try to get him on the same page. And you can see a little bit of a psycho in there, but nah. Not not quite there. No, I mean Jack Nicholson. It's really hard for Jack Nicholson to play Robert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, that, that makes He should have had him play the Joker from Batman. His his Batman eighty nine just act like the Joker. That, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I mean Christian Slater was just Christian Slater. You know, I mean yeah. when he wasn't b- trying to be, uh, you know, <laughs> Jack Nicholson, he was just, you know, I guess. I'm just gonna call him Mr. Robot because that's what. Yeah, he just seemed a little too young for me. He just didn't quite. He, I thought, thought he did fine, but I, I would have think I would have thought that if they moved Brad Pitt to that role or Val Kilmer wanted to do the role and end up getting the Elvis role, if I would like to have seen one of them, Val Kilmer, I think would have killed that part. I I could see definitely Val coming in the part. Now I, I, now that you mentioned the cast, I forgot how big of a cast this was. Like, of yeah. course. Yeah, I, I mean, some of these actors, of course, were were still not as widely known. You had people like yeah. uh, uh, the guy from The Sopranos, James Galdafini, Gandafini, yeah, Sam grade. Jackson, with a very small role. Dana was right; Sam Jackson's in it, but yeah. he isn't in it for long. No, he isn't. Yes. <laughs> I, I literally <laughs> remember that. Sam Jackson, remember that dialogue. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, the, his dialogue is, is a classic dialogue. Oh, well, well, it's Sam Jackson, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's typical Sam Jackson. He was like the extra to end all extras. Yeah, then wasn't he? Yeah, Pulp Fiction was the movie that took him out of being an extra. I mean, he was an extra in Coming to America. Almost the same kind of, you know, just playing. He played <laughs> yeah, like really yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, he was just a robber, like, uh, right? So yeah, yeah. yep, yeah, barely in the film, and yeah, he got. Uh, I think Pulp Fiction uh, changed his career. One of the things I love about Sam Jackson, though, is that you can put him in any movie, any era, any setting. Facts. I mean, even in Facts. Star Wars, Facts. it's just still Sam Jackson. It's, yeah. it's oh, like, yeah. you know, he is what he is, and he's damn good at it, I got to say. But still, it's always fun to watch him, especially in these back-in-the-day movies where he played these itty-bitty roles, you know, but mm. memorable nonetheless, yeah. right? He had, like, three lines tops in this movie i think but still they never remembered them i barely yeah. remember yeah three movie. of the best lines in the in the whole movie so yeah that's <laughs> yeah. uh right there going back to the whole slurs thing you know it just i would i always wonder like sam jackson like like 
he, he obviously doesn't give a shit. I'm, I'm sure him and Tarantino are, are pretty good buds, but still, man, it's like, mm. uh, <laughs> like I, I, there was something. Uh, wasn't there like a, a story about uh about how Samuel Jackson got pissed at Leonardo DiCaprio and Tarantino for not, for not being racist like, enough? Yeah, because he didn't. Why exactly? So, so yeah. yeah, DiCaprio would not would didn't feel comfortable saying all those lines in Django Unchained and Sam Jackson's like motherfucker you just need to own it and, and do it and he, he could care less you know and yeah <laughs> meanwhile DiCaprio almost won a fucking Oscar for that role he was so <laughs> yeah. racist he was amazingly but he did it too well it was almost too believable it was yeah, like, oh, yeah. Shit. but it's the mark of a great actor I mean he obviously wanted you to hate that character and yeah did. Of course, man. he sure it's did man. Yeah. yeah it's a hell of a movie um but yeah we are here for true romance oh yeah let's oh yeah true romance. It, man let's get into it anything else we want to go over who else was in this movie Be man, who wasn't in this, movie? Was in this movie tom sizemore chris penn uh sizemore, yeah. yes. balky from uh perfect yes. strangers <laughs> who was great he was great yeah he was movie. very good in this uh uh, Michael Rappaport. I mean, yes, come on. a very young Michael Rappaport. Uh -huh. he, he looked like a little boy. I, I, as I've said Crazy. before, I think on this on this podcast, you know, uh, Rappaport is a is a native New Yorker. He's an ever looming presence here, and it's not uncommon to to run into him in Midtown or downtown. Very sociable, very nice. What you see is what you get. The way he is on screen, that's how he is. He. he He's another one of those actors that doesn't really act. They just play themselves over and over yeah. again, and it just seems to work. But, uh, uh, yeah, it was funny seeing Michael Rappaport playing this kind of like a, I don't know, it was like a clueless kind of dumb friend role. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that was just, it, it was it was funny, but endearing at the same time. I, I got to say, man, this is one of Brad. I know he was barely in the movie. He was in the movie for 30 seconds, but I love the performance by Brad Pitt in this. Hi. How you doing? Uh, pretty good. You dick? No. Dick Richie? No, he's not here right now. You live here? Yes, I do. He is sort of, uh, roommates? Exactly, roommates. Yeah, well, maybe you can help me. I'm looking for a friend sure. of mine. Clarence Worley from Detroit. He's traveling with a real pretty girl named Alabama. Oh, yeah, man, I know him. They've been by here. You seen them? Mm-hmm. They stay in here? No, they're staying at the... Safari Motor Motel Inn. Safari Motel. Safari Motel? Yep. How do you know that? I mean, have you been over there? No. Well, they were here, and they said that they were going to go there. And they went. Yeah? Yeah. Safari, Safari Motel. Safari Motel. Uh -huh. Hey, you want to watch some TV or something? They might be back here. No, no, thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right, you take care. I might be back. Yeah. Okay, be cool. You condescend me, man. I'll fucking kill you, man. That's such a theme. I mean, think about it. Like, so I remembered Christopher Walken and really thought he was Walken. in that movie a lot more than what he was. And for yeah. him to kind of just basically be in that scene with Dennis Hopper and that's kind of it it's kind of yeah. like oh he was literally just in that scene he was just Gary in that Oldman scene. like we said yeah, yeah Gary Oldman Gary was Oldman. barely in the it's film like, and yeah. killing it but uh but barely in the film and yeah wow. most of those guys uh all these cameos are really just for short scenes so you know maybe 
maybe they just didn't have the money or whatever, you know, they convince these great actors to do these small roles. Like, Hey, you know, it'll only be filming for like two, three days. And then you can go back, you know, Brad Pitt, we just need you for one day. You just, you're only going to be in this one room, only in one scene. We'll shoot a few different versions and then you can go. It's like they grabbed anybody who happened to walk past the hallway that day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, hey, you want to be in the set. movie? Yeah. <laughs> it's so. like, we know that you're working on blah. Come on over to the set really quick. And <laughs> yeah. I need somebody to smoke. It's like, I'm already smoking already. Why not? Exactly. Uh-huh. You know, he was probably really high as fuck in that role. He played it way too well. But it was it was fun to see him nonetheless. Um, and I had totally forgotten that it was Val Kilmer who was playing yeah. Elvis. You know, um, one, because they never really showed his face. You don't see his kind face. Of blurry. But yeah. once you hear the voice, you could tell. No matter how hard yeah. he was trying to do this Elvis impression, it was Val Kilmer. Well, so the thing with Val Kilmer, too, is they were scared the Elvis estate would either sue them or not give him permission to do for him to play Elvis. So in, in the credits, he's called The Mentor. And obviously he's playing Elvis, but they... Uh, yeah, they, they wouldn't put it down as Elvis. And I think that's also why he's kind of blurred. So it didn't look exactly like Elvis. So I'd figure, though, that they, they did use, I mean, Elvis music in this, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do they, I don't Well, no, maybe not really. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it was just Christian yeah. Slater singing. Yeah, he's talking about Elvis yeah, all the time. Exactly. Talking about how he wanted to Love fuck Elvis. Elvis. So that's how the movie starts. Is He's talking about how he wants to fuck Elvis. And then uh, the prostitute he's talking to... <laughs> Talk says you would fuck Elvis. <laughs> you know, it's pure Tarantino, this script. It's like yeah. these off-kilter conversations that actually feel quite real, but they're just yeah. out there nonetheless. Yeah. It, yeah. That's a great example of that, uh, wanting to bang Elvis. I'm not gay, but if I were. <laughs> um but yeah anyways uh man let's let's dig into this plot then let's just dive right in you yeah, guys yeah. ready yeah oh yeah all right let's do this um the film starts with christian slater he plays he terrible accent by christian slater too i, I guess mean, i'm not do... sure what accent he's trying to do I, I'm, it, I'm not positive i wasn't sure if he was trying to do like a southern accent or well, I, it I takes place in detroit yes, and yeah exactly. which i don't think they have accents up there but you know whatever is it me or was I don't know what the state of Detroit, what state Detroit is in now, but damn, it was a shithole. <laughs> it looked horrible. It's, that place. It's always been. Horrible. It's always been pretty yeah. bad. Really, never been. Yeah. I'll take your word. Yeah, this, yeah. It's like some of those industrial towns are like. Yeah, yeah. Cle- <laughs> Cleveland's like, it, just it, it like is... Detroit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't really need to go visit. Yikes, man! There was there was nothing appealing about Detroit in this movie. But uh, yeah, we start off with Christian Slater's character, who's either in a bar or restaurant, and he's mm-hmm. talking. As Scott mentioned, he's talking to a. I assume it was a lady. Oh yeah. Evening. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe I made an assumption in there. If it, no, if, it, if it, it wasn't, then he he couldn't even get with her. So that was a, <laughs> that was a great start to the film. <laughs> well, the passed. funny thing is, he's having this conversation with his, and it seems to be going along like gangbusters, right? It seems to be okay until he ment- mentions going to see some Sunny Chiba flicks, mm. <laughs> a Sunny Chiba uh, marathon. And yeah, for those you who don't know, uh, you youngins might not know who Sonny Chiba is. Sonny Chiba was an actor. Um, I believe his heyday was like in the 70s during the huge martial arts craze in this country where um, after Bruce Lee, uh, Americans couldn't get enough martial arts. So that prompted uh, movie studios here as well 
as in Asia to start casting and releasing more martial arts movies. And Sonny Chiba was a product of these movies. Um, but yeah, he's having a conversation with this woman. Now, was there, who was, this woman looked familiar too. She normally plays prostitutes in a lot of movies. She was also a prostitute <laughs> in Unforgiven. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And um, I, there was another movie. I remember like a late night Skinamax movie with her in it where she played a prostitute too. So yeah, she's, uh, she's got a, she's typecast a certain way. She sure is, man. Because man, I, yeah, I was going to say, I've seen her in a couple of other She's our actress of the month for February. No, yes. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> like, and, we're not even giving her a name. That's how bad no, it is. It's like, no, what's her oh, name? No. I, we don't know. Prostitute you, number one. I was about to look her up on IMDb. I'm going to... No, I like the mystery. Let's leave it there. Once he mentions that he wants to take her to this uh, a Sunny Chiba film fest, I guess it was, because they were going to see like three movies in a row. Mm -hmm. She was like, nah, <laughs> way too geeky for me. I'll pass. Um, and from there... Uh, he goes well, to the movie. He goes to the movie. Yeah, after a lot there. of, you know, Elvis dialogue and, you know, Tarantino dialogue, then, yeah, he's off to the movie. Yeah, he's he's sitting alone in the movie, enjoying the movies and his popcorn. And in walks uh, Patricia, Patricia Arquette's Pat char yeah. character. Um, and, wow, I forgot, man. She, she was quite a looker. Beautiful yeah. woman. Uh, and, you know, this is coming off... It's very early 90s. It's still, you know, it is 90s, but it is early 90s. So, you know, everybody was still trying to look like Madonna. You know, that's the first thing I, I thought when I saw it. I was like, oh. <laughs> Madonna, such an everlasting presence back then, especially. But um, yeah, lot, lots of bra outfits. She's pretty much just wearing a bra and, and throughout the, the entire movie. movie. Yeah. yeah right. And some kind of leopard skin something. Yeah. No. <laughs> if either that, that, that style has totally like, come back to like i mean oh I feel, yeah it makes me feel so old because i kind of remember that as well but like now like girls are basically wearing lingerie tops as like a normal outfit now like and i'm just like shit like i'm starting to live a life i'm starting to feel so, like my co-host so, so, sometimes sometimes <laughs> good trends they, they come back you know sometimes sometimes the good stuff comes back so. wow i don't know about <laughs> great that trends, but... Great, great trends. <laughs> but she looked great nonetheless yeah really a lot of sunglasses maybe there's a lot of sunglass acting in this movie i feel like oh, everyone's wearing sunglasses arquette and uh slater wear sunglasses like almost the entire film they always have their sunglasses on and looking cool He's got his Elvis oh. glasses on. She's got her Ray-Bans. Mm. Yeah, and it doesn't. Detroit doesn't look like the type of place you would need some Ray-Bans. Yeah, so, I don't but, think so. Yeah, because it was like in the middle of winter for when it appeared. So was but it like anyway. 54 degrees in snuggy weather or just? <laughs> Man, they like, did we think it was that cold? Or, oh, I mean, wow. you know, they you know, just put on his snuggy hood. And nope. you look at you you're lucky you're so damn cute in that thing. I would send you to hell right now, dude. Uh <laughs> I'm so jealous. I could use that snuggie right now. It's cold here, as usual, as it should be in New York. But it sucks. Cold sucks, especially as you get to my age. Anyways, Patricia Arquette walks into this movie theater and she makes a beeline for uh Christian Slater, sits right behind him, starts pestering him, starts asking him questions. Spills Little, popcorn all over him to start pop, with. Yes, and and is kind enough to wipe it off his lap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and they start hitting it off like gangbusters. Uh, they hang out afterwards, and they're at a at a restaurant. I think it is right. 
They go to yeah, they go to the restaurant to have pie. She That's says you she always likes to have pie after a movie theater, after yeah. a movie. And uh then then they go, he works at a comic book store and yes, he has yeah. the keys to it. So he takes her to the comic book store after hours and they're hitting it off, lots of chemistry, they have sex, <laughs> they get yeah. they go back well. to his place, and um then she he his apartment for some reason leads right onto a billboard outside of his apartment. You can literally walk out of his apartment. Walk onto a billboard. Is this common in New York, uh, June? I, I... No, I've never seen that in any state or yeah. any city, for that matter. Um, I wanted that apartment. That that yeah, is right? ideal for me. That's an extra like uh, fifty square footage right in there, man. That's, that makes your apartment bigger in New York City. That would be prime fucking real estate, man. Yeah, it's a that would that would be like a five thousand dollar a month apartment, easy, mm-hmm. just because of that extra that they would call it a extra walkway yeah Yeah. oh that's hilarious (laughs) and and a motherfucker would have some lawn chairs and some plants and all Mm -hmm. that shit out there maybe a little pool even if he could manage it (laughs) (laughs) so yeah after they get to know each other and uh have sex and he wakes up to find her outside in front of the billboard what is it you crying what i do did i do something she didn't do nothing. What is it? I have something I gotta tell you. I didn't just happen to be at that theater. I was paid to be there. You were paid to be there? What are you? Theater checker? You get paid to check up on the uh, box office girls, make sure they're not ripping the place off. I'm not a theater checker. I'm a call girl. You're a whore? No, I'm a call girl, and there's a difference, you know. Okay, here it goes. You know the place you took me to last night? The place you work? Heroes for sale? You got a boss, right? Yeah. Okay, what's his name? Lance. That's him. He called the place where I work. He ordered a girl for you. He said he wanted you to get laid, seeing you didn't get out much, and it was your birthday and all. He wanted me to act like I just showed up. Now, how did he know you were going to be at that theater? Uh, I I go to the movies every year on my birthday. In fact, he called me up this week to find out what my birthday movie was going to be. You're not mad? No, man. I can't tell you. That was one of the best times I ever had. It was. You know, I knew something must be rotten in Denmark. There was no way you could like me that much. I mean, I can't tell you how relieved I was when you took off your dress. You, You didn't have a dick. Stop being so fucking calm about all this. Go look in your house. There's a note on your TV and all it says is Dear Clarence because I couldn't write anymore. So I just said Alabama come clean and just tell him what's what. And if he tells you to go back to Drexel and fuck yourself, then go back to Drexel and fuck yourself. Drexel, what's what's a Drexel? Please shut up. I'm trying to come clean, okay? I've been a call girl for exactly four days and you're my third customer. Well, okay, so... I got my movie by by pure chance. Okay, we um we did we covered Pretty Woman a couple weeks ago on this podcast, and in the first half of the podcast, I said, "Oh, you know, Julia Roberts. She was a brand new prostitute. She only slept with three Johns, and that's what she's telling him because you know she wants him to know that she just started doing it and she's not into this lifestyle." That is this movie. I totally got my prostitute movies mixed up. Because it, it, <laughs> in this movie, Patricia Arquette tells uh, tells Kristen Slater that she's just started. She's only uh, had three Johns so far. And, you know, she doesn't want him to think that she's a whore. And, 
all this stuff and it's like oh i got my i got i got my prostitute movies <laughs> you got your sex workers you. mixed but up. at least we covered this true one later. romance i know i, I mean <laughs> pretty woman is a is a rom-com how dare you these are romantic right. movies they're not yeah. prostitute movies pretty woman is a perfect <laughs> valentine's day film as per dana and, and yeah this this is my perfect valentine's day film true romance oh boy okay so we're all... <laughs> so where are we uh there seems to be a bit of a theme running this month you know i won't Mm. go any further than that um anyhow they're in love she tells him she loves him uh uh, i I love the like yes it seemed like such a plausible explanation as well as an insane explanation she was just like yeah you know anytime i'm i'm with somebody you know i've always been monogamous and you know, and it's just like she made it like the reason why she's not a good call girl. And it was so, just like, well, yeah, that's the girlfriend yeah. experience. I mean, like, what are we talking about? Like, it yeah. just you got to you got to upsell that. I, I don't understand what I'm trying to say is Julia Roberts was a bad call girl. She's a bad call girl. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just think that. Uh, yeah, I think Julia Roberts is better. I think she got way more money out of it and uh, almost didn't die, didn't get beat up. Good so, point. yeah, I think Julia Roberts was doing a better job. And she didn't have a pimp. So, yeah, Julia, I, I'll give her the, the the kudos on that. I guess once we finish, we just need to, like, rate. Oh, we got to rate them these. at the end of this month. We, we got to rate okay. who just had the better <laughs> acumen. Not the better oh, okay. occupation, because I guess for some reason, occupations this month are... <laughs> Wait a minute. We'll so, talk about so, it later. So, but just yes. to be, so just to be clear here, we're going to do mm. a rating on <laughs> no, the top one. prostitutes of, uh, of, of February 2024. Clear, I'm on game. I'm all for it. Hey, listen. I, I, I am just saying, I just, some of them just had better business acumen. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, we, you know what? I can't let this go before. before mm. So, okay. You know what? I'll save it. I'll save it for the end. All right. So, so, I want to go back to uh, Patricia Arquette saying that. So, so do we think that her three previous jobs, she also told them that she loved them and she was 100% monogamous with them as well? I think she just did that. The first three, like, he told her to get out, you know, get, gave her her money and left. And Christian Slater was the only one who was like, oh, yeah, I love you. Plus, she got paid already. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the she got crazy. paid, which means she, she shouldn't even showed up. I mean, in mm-hmm. my opinion, it's like you got to pay, you know, half up front and half later. I don't really, something's wrong there. Two, um, absolutely, Scott. It, it is, you know, it played out exactly <laughs> the same way. She was just like, I'm monogamous and I always fall in love. The guy's like, hey, my wife's going to be home. Um, so <laughs> wrap this up. <laughs> I, I, mean, just, I got things to do. <laughs> like, and I'm sure you do too. Yeah. Oh, it's like, just go. yeah, yeah. Didn't Drexel yeah. teach this girl anything, man? You know, he he's, uh, what kind of pimp is he? You know, his prostitute acting like this. You know what? I'm going to put it out there. Listeners, there's a poll. that It's officially a poll now. Please uh, leave us your comments. Who was the smarter sex worker <laughs> was it Patricia Arquette <laughs> in this movie, or was it Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman? So where are we? Uh, they confess their love to each other, and uh, they get married. Yeah, yeah. they, get <laughs> they married. go to the courthouse, they they right, right away to the courthouse. Yeah. They get married, and yeah, yeah, That's that it. was it's quick, man. There. The next scene is them walking out of the courthouse. This is the next morning, uh, and they seem happy as fuck, man. I, listen, I'll give it to them. It happened quite fast, but they look genuinely happy. The chemistry between these two actors was uh, refreshing. Yes. It was very endearing. You know, they did a good job of convincing us that 
they were lo in love or at least in heavy lust or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. But that being said, after uh, their, their super quick marriage, they're having a talk. I think at this point they're talking. Um, she she gives him a bit of her history and she tells him about her pimp who is played by who else but Gary Oldman. Who else would you want as Love a it. Gary Oldman? Love it. And he says, you know what? I'm going to go take care of this. You're not working for him again. You're free. You're mine now. Which isn't necessary, though. I mean, how's the pimp's probably never going to track her? I don't think he really cared. She never came back. I Christian Slater, it, there's no reason. You know, you, you think for a second he's going to do it because he's mad at the pimp because she said, oh, yeah, you know, I he treats me okay. But, I, you know, I saw him. Get, he got physical. And then he's like, oh, with you? He's, he's like, she's like, no, with uh, with this other girl. Okay, so why <laughs> why is Christian Slater all worked up? You know, because Elvis convinces him. You know, uh, he yeah. goes, Elvis talks him into it. He goes to the bathroom, and in this movie, Elvis talks to him, and yeah, he decides he's gotta he's gotta go take care of uh, of Drexel. You want something? Hey, you Drexel? No, man, I'm Marty. Why don't I talk to Drexel? What the fuck you want to talk to him about? <laughs> What's about Alabama? exactly where your white ass is coming from. See, if I ask if you want some dinner and you grab the egg roll and start to try down, I said to myself, this motherfucker, he's carrying on like he ain't got a care in the world, and who knows? Maybe he don't. Maybe this fool's such a bad motherfucker. This must be where the Travis Bickle comparison comes from. I think so. Because, yeah. I mean, he goes, yeah, he goes to the bathroom, he's talking to Elvis, <laughs> or Val Kilmer as, El as Elvis, and that's when you're like, this guy's a fucking nut. He's a psychopath. Um, yeah, I could see the Travis Bickle reference now. Yeah, for sure. Um, so he makes up his mind. He's going to go take care of this, get uh, his new wife out of this man's clutches. I don't think she was in his clutches because, mm -hmm. listen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I'm assuming. I don't know much about, I don't know many pimps and hoes, okay? Um, but... I can't imagine that if you were a pimp and your employee, I guess, stays out all night and you don't know where she is, you would probably do something about it. You would have somebody looking for you. When Christian Slater shows up at uh, this pimp's place, 
this guy did not give a shit. He, he was having Chinese food. He he had like a party going on. Basically, everybody's getting coked up. It was a, the last thing on his mind was Patricia Arquette. And what a what a unhinged performance by Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman is so good in everything. I cannot believe <laughs> that Gary Coleman, who played Winston Churchill and won an Academy Award a few years ago, ago is in that slow house uh, thing on on Apple. Is you know. <laughs> He's amazing. And, you know, he signed on to this movie. All Tony Scott, he didn't read the script. Tony Scott said that you'll be playing a white guy who thinks he's black, who's a pimp. And he's like, okay, I'll do it. And it was his <laughs> it was so... his idea. Uh, Gary Coleman did to have the dreadlocks, to have the scar on his face, the gold teeth. That was really? all Gary Coldman. I just called him Gary Coleman. Uh, Gary Oldman, uh, his idea. It's how I good was... his acting was. Yes. <laughs> just yes. act like a black guy. He switched his name from Oldman to, uh, to Coleman. Gary Coleman. He, 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 yeah, he was actually the kid from Different Strokes. Gary Oldman is Gary <laughs> Coleman. That's how good of an actor he is. He, Amazing he, he played a small black kid for many years and then <laughs> transitioned to a, an older British white guy. So perfect. Old me, man. Amazing Old actor. Me. I was yeah. convinced. Yeah, th this was fucking, you know, this is a hilarious scene, Gary Old. It was a horrible, it's, it, whatever try whatever accent he was trying to do, I don't know what he was trying to do. <laughs> it was a Jamaican accent. It was horrible, but he did so well. He, he was uh -huh. convincing, he convincingly played. Commitment, bro. Commitment. He, it was stellar. <laughs> and again, this was basically his only scene besides another one. I think where one other scene where he kills Samuel yeah. Jackson. Yeah. You know, and then and yeah. then after that, this is the Christian Slater scene. So, so somewhere before this, we missed that scene where uh, he's. Well, yeah, so they're doing deal. like a, a descriptor. So, yeah, they because they, mm -hmm. literally she like Patricia Arquette's character brings that up. She, you know. Alabama, you know, once that whole conversation about like, hey, I'm a call girl, of course I have a pimp, and then she kind of asks for the description. So it literally goes, uh, it's like, ah, oh, you know, like, uh, which you're you're absolutely right. It's probably like one of the first kind of like random racist parts of the scene because once he <laughs> said like she said she had a pimp, so like he, like Christian Slater's character, if I remember correctly, he basically asked like, oh, what is he like a black guy? Which is like. <laughs> like thinking about that now it's like it went over my head but then i would listen to it again i was like oh yeah that was this is a, an assumption um but, but then that's where it leads to that scene yeah where you know christian uh where uh gary oldman and uh samuel jackson and and a couple other characters um are, are there for some type of deal i guess it's a drug deal mm -hmm. uh, which is the big thing here but yeah no that uh that is great, actually. It's like, yeah, he's a black guy. He's a white guy who thinks he's black, basically. Like, just, oh, oh fantastic. <laughs> well, I love Detroit Pips. Detroit Pips, man. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, so Christian Slater goes to confront this pimp. Um, and it's it's a classic scene in this movie. This whole thing, yeah. is, it's just over the top. I can't believe yeah. Christian Slater actually survived this experience. I'm like, you're in the pimp's lair. He, he yeah. has his bodyguards. He has, you know, and still manages to kill this guy. Oh, they never took his gun from him. Why, why the bodyguard didn't search him for any kind of weapon is beyond me. 
I don't know. I, why, how they let him in in the first place? Just yeah. some random stranger. Uh, I don't think they were scared by him. I think they were kind of exactly. amused by him. Uh, this is Are true. you Drexel? No, I'm not. Come on in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. That's the password. I'm not this guy. Uh, so yeah, I guess, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, for the purpose of the plot, I guess he had to get in somehow. But uh, and get in, he did. He he uh, off some Gary Oldman's character, the painter. <laughs> Yeah, first, you know, Gary Gold, uh, Oldman's like uh, is interrogating him. I think he he said this this guy th this white boy thinks it's white boy day today yeah. as <laughs> as they're beating beating him up. Oh <laughs> shit! I forgot about that. <laughs> white boy day. Oh fucking Gary Oldman, man. Um, but yes, well, at, at one point Gary Oldman has the upper hand, and he has yes. it right dead to rights, and yeah. that's when he pulls out his wallet and finds out his name and where he lives and where he can find Patricia Arquette's character. So um, when Christian Slater turns the tables on him and, and manages to off him, it's true what is, <laughs> well, Christopher Walken, who appears later on in, the, in this movie, makes a, a very accurate, a very accurate statement, which is he was stupid enough to leave his ID uh -huh. at this place okay uh -huh. and that's his downfall or otherwise if you want to look at it another way it might be not be his downfall but we'll find out um anywho so after he uh takes care of gary oldman he goes back he's all beat up um but manages to bring in dinner <laughs> burgers well he uh, yeah but he also you know his point to go there was to get patricia arquette's clothes he wanted to yes, get, her, yes. get her stop so he yells at one of the prostitutes in the room, tells her to pack, pack all her stuff, give me her bag, you know, or I'm going to kill you. And then he takes off of the suitcase. Well, lo and behold, the suitcase is full of cocaine oh, and yes. not her clothes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, one of my wife's favorite scenes, as I said in the first half of this uh, episode, my wife was the one that introduced me to this movie. She loves this movie. And uh, she just watched it with me again, you know, which was very nice to sort of share the romantic movie yeah yeah i it's guess a, so. a, to her it is <laughs> but one of the scenes she loves is uh when christian slater goes back and lets her know that he you know mission accomplished so to speak and uh, she starts crying and christian slater's like what the fuck are you crying about and he's like getting oh know, he was like, a dick he was like screaming he, at her yeah like, why are you crying why are you crying <laughs> That, that, I gotta admit it. You don't it, think I, was, I love you? You don't think I love you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, did you love him? Like, he just starts going loco on her, and she was like, "No, that's like the most romantic thing anyone's ever done for me." So I was like, "Yeah," and uh, my wife would think that. Yeah, is June, it's for for the anniversary. You may have to kill somebody. I'm I'm thinking that that's coming up. You're gonna have to do it. There's a reason I'm going away this weekend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> June, so, honestly, dude, I would I I will happily pay. A certain amount of money if we could get Annalise to say Samuel L. Jackson's dialogue about the black guy lying about eating eating oh, he's like geez. man a black guy said he don't eat pussy he lied I eat oh the pussy I eat the butt if, yes. it, if if your wife says those things I will cash up whatever you need me to cash up <laughs> wait a minute wait a minute I would I could, love to hear I, I could use another guitar or two hold on a sec uh, <laughs> <babe>. <laughs> no she, I know she won't make it unless I get us some shots of tequila in her she uh, um uh, we'll get her to model be fun to later. watch yes oh, I'll see, I would well, die. for you the listener I'll try to get her to do a voiceover afterwards and I will edit it in so let's see what happens you know? <laughs> 
might Fire. might surprise you, Dana. Might surprise you. But um, yeah. So they find out that no, it's not a bag of her clothes or personals. It is a bag with kilo upon kilo upon kilo of cocaine. And now they're like, well, what do we do with this? Of course, we're gonna try to sell it. <laughs> so they go to visit Dennis Hopper, who plays Christian yeah. Slater's father. Um, I guess he's a retired cop who is now a security guard. And apparently security guards in Detroit don't make too much money because <laughs> the man lives, literally lives in a trailer. What up by like pension for being a cop? What is going on, Dennis? Hopper? What is going on, man? Like, what? Where, did this man blow his money? Like, what? Oh, I think he, I think it's alluded to that he's an alcoholic who you know has been divorced from Christian Slater's mom for many years, yes, and yes. and uh, you know, kind of a bit of a loser. Hasn't even talked to his son in three years, and Christian yeah. Slater just shows up with his new bride out of nowhere to ask his dad, hey, can you check with the, the buddies on the force to see if, <laughs> if if I'm a person of interest in this? It's like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> Why? I love it. Hey, dad, I killed a few guys last night and I got like a ton of cocaine. Could you go and check for me if anybody knows about this? Like, it oh, it, 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 it was quite bizarre. Um, and uh, Dennis Hopper goes along with it. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's like, at it's first, a, he's it's a good like, father. He's yeah, I guess better so. than Sylvester Stallone, just a really good father. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah well, listen, sure. he doesn't even qualify on that list. Dennis yeah, he's probably like nine, nine or ten up there. Yeah, no, nah, he might be even better than that. Yeah, he, he's pretty good. He was above and beyond the Call of Duty in this movie, didn't he? I mean, he, he's a dumb dad. He did leave uh, his son's address on his refrigerator. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, but it we'll says in that. L.A. <laughs> yes. You can find me in LA. Hey, mobsters, you can find me in yeah, LA. Yeah. Uh, so he does find out the information from him and uh, informs Christian Slater that um, not only don't they know about anyone's involvement, they think it's basically a drug deal gone bad. So he's off the radar totally. He's in the clear, or so he thinks. Um, and so they decide to make their way to LA to go now visit. before his his new wife makes out with his father and that, that and was they make, yes thank that you was scott fucking weird <laughs> oh my god my wife and i just looked at each other like we don't remember this and and why did that happen that I, was weird the whole she tastes like a peach line i guess they wanted to try to get it in there because dennis hopper said she tastes like a peach and you know christian slater had told his father that earlier that uh she tastes like a peach which is really weird to start with it wasn't necessary to actually prove it <laughs> you know like like it was just so weird i i don't know whatever maybe it's a thing that people did in the 90s i don't recall ever <laughs> seeing that happen um anywho's yeah so they start making their way to la they drive to la uh to go um try to unload this coke <laughs> why why they can't do it in detroit i don't know but <laughs> they go to la Great. Um, they call up Michael Rappaport, who is a Christian Slater's friend, on the way and uh, stop off to have sex in a phone booth, which is something yes. we did back in the day in phone booths yeah. all the time. I mean, what else was a phone booth? Okay. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah, why did you say, what's a phone booth? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Dana. A place where you have sex on the side of the road, Dana. That's what a phone booth is. Uh, okay, that makes more sense. I know what a sex yeah. booth is, and, yeah. and I know what a crapper is that used to have a telephone, but I didn't think there was actually phones to yeah. be used in those. So they, gotcha. they doubled as crappers as well, but, um, <laughs> especially here in New York. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yes, they go to 
LA with the hopes of uh selling this coke on the cheap actually for a very low yes. price because they just want to get some money and start their life over somewhere else at this yeah. point um so michael rapaport uh has a friend or an acquaintance in bronson pincho <laughs> yeah but we don't meet them him yet yeah. i think right now we um we still, we still have pursuers. the scene with Dennis Hopper and um, yeah, we and Christopher Walken. He's being pursued by this the is mob. True. Exactly. Yes, yeah. and this is where Christopher yeah. Walken steps in, along with James Gandolfini. Yes, and along with who else was that guy? Now there's that guy that he usually either plays a cop or a mob guy, and he has yeah. like a all those, in his face. Yeah, all yes. those guys that are they're they're so very familiar. familiar. I'm sure they were all yeah. in Sopranos at one time too. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> even the I young mean, guy, like the young guy, I couldn't even put yeah. my finger in it. But it's like he's been on so many. For I sure. think he was in The Departed. Now that I think about it, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's the part where we're at first, where you know he's being pursued not by cops. He's being pursued by people who are better than the cops, the mob, right? Like the, mob, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the mob can look at an ID. The mob can follow a trail. A mob mm -hmm. can, you know. Like they ask uh, one of the the escorts call girls where he left his ID, and you know they they start putting two and two together, and that's how they get to uh, Dennis Hopper's uh, Dennis Hopper's home and uh, start asking questions about just like, hey, you know, have you seen your son? And you know, it, it, it's such a great dialogue because Dennis Hopper at first, you know, basically lying his ass off, just mm -hmm. trying to pretend nothing happened, but. Christopher Walken's like, yeah, you, you you can't lie to me. Like, I I I know the deal. We asked everybody around, so let me try this again. And like you said, June, Dennis Hopper, that that exchange of just, do you know where Sicilians come from? They're part of the Moors, and just, oh yeah, just I I stopped yeah. counting how many times he shot out the yeah. word in that one. Scene. Um, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> I know you know where they are, so tell me. Before I do some damage, you won't walk away from. Could I uh, <clears throat> have one of those Chesterfields now? Sure. You got a match? Oh, wait, no, no, I don't bother. I got one. You're Sicilian, huh? Sicilian. <laughs> you know, I read a lot, especially about things, about history. I find that shit fascinating. Here's a fact, I don't know whether you know or not. Well, Sicilians, were spawned by niggas. My favorite thing about that is uh, Tarantino. Uh, it says it's one of his favorite uh, lines of dialogue he's ever written. But he claims that a black friend of his told him that story, and so he had to use it in one of his movies. That, that's how he got. Well, but, you know, my black friend told me the story, so I'm just relaying it. You know, it's his uh, uh, excuse. It was Sam Jackson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was Samuel Jackson who told me this. Um, oh boy. Anyway, it is a great scene, though, nonetheless. 
Uh, and both were great. I mean, you had two. Yeah, it's good to see Dennis Hopper and Locke lock and both in the film. And yes, yeah, nice, so, nice standoff. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, um, that doesn't last too long. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, so. especially for Dennis Hopper, and and he goes out in style. He didn't give his son up. Regardless, as Scott mentioned before, even though he was a great dad, wasn't the smartest dad, and. <laughs> had the name and address of Michael Rappaport right on his fridge. And so that's where you're supposed to put like your macaroni art. Like, good job, Scott. Here's your macaroni art. Well, he is a bad dad. He hasn't been in his son's life for a long time. He doesn't have any drawings. So he just puts up, you know, whatever. This is true. Um, And unfortunately, he pays for it with his life. But now the mob knows where they are so they're on their way to la and this is mm-hmm. where we cut i think this is where we uh were introduced to brunson pinchot i don't and... think so yet because they, they go yeah because to... we actually met yeah. brad pitt first yeah ah, so we, go, yes. we go to his house yes, yes. floyd and... the the roommate yeah yeah michael rapaport is like hey you know who do you think i am i don't know these people you know christian slater assumes that he's an actor in hollywood and he's He's going to know people that wants to buy it. He's like, I don't have that kind of money. I'm I'm not those kind of people. I don't know mm-hmm. those people, you know. And But then he finally he's like, well, you know, I have a friend in acting class who is an assistant to a famous producer. You know, mm-hmm. may, maybe maybe this guy would be interested. Bronson Pinchot was great in this role. Oh, yeah. He, I, he was fantastic. It's one of the second, our second Balky movie of the month, Risky Business at the beginning of the month. Uh, we, we have Balky wow. in there. A, a good cameo by him in that as well. You know, he's he was a fine actor. I, I think that Perfect Strangers kind of ruined his his regular, even though this is after Perfect Strangers. Yeah. You know, kind of typecast him in a way. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> but we'll see. I mean, I he is. He is. He he's great. He's great. I mean, he's he is in the new Beverly Hills Cop coming up. You know, he yeah, returns well, in they that. Gotta role. Bring all those old. They gotta bring all those old bastards back. Yeah, well, I, yeah I hope he, he crushes like, it. <laughs> yeah, just how he did. He improvises like uh, in Beverly Hills Cop. You know, famously, he improvised that whole scene with Eddie Murphy. Yeah, uh, when you, when you meet him in the art gallery, he improvised that whole scene in this movie where uh, Sean Penn and Tom Sizemore interrogating him and trying to convince him to put the wire on all that. They all three of those improvised that that whole scene. That wasn't our wow. uh, scripted scene. So, Great yeah, job by good. the three of them. The guy's a good improviser for sure. Yeah, for sure. Oh, also, the Bronson. cocaine scene in the car, he improvised all the lines for that as well. Oh, oh wow. all over, all over him. Yeah, <laughs> he improvised all the lines in that as well. <laughs> that was fantastic. We'll get. Oh, um, we'll get. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I guess we'll before we get there. So you're right. They they go visit Michael Rappaport, who actually is a struggling actor. He's you know he's trying to make it in Hollywood. They meet him at his home, Michael Rappaport, to um, the motel that they're staying at, um, in which they do bring up all about the drug deal. Michael Rappaport does make this deal go down with Bronson Prichot's, uh character, as he is uh, an assistant to somebody who's probably able to buy these these drugs. Mm-hmm. Like you said earlier, June, this is basically five hundred thousand dollars worth of cocaine, and basically Christian Slater's character is like, you know, let's try to sell it for you know two hundred and fifty. You know, let's mm-hmm. just try to offload it. They're just like, well, where the hell will we make this deal at? And they decide to make this deal at a roller coaster. You know, basically at a theme park. <laughs> let's yeah. go to a theme park to make mm-hmm. a drug deal i'm sure that happens all the time <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no I, I, it's uh it's really good you know we we meet the character uh 
of Bronson Pichot, and you know they they go ahead and uh, they get onto uh, the roller coaster, and you know he's ready to walk because he's just like this. First of all, crazy meeting spot. Second of all, too good to be true. Why do you have so much coke? You know this seems risky. Trying to ask all these questions while they're actually on a roller coaster, and then as the roller coaster is kind of going through, and they're kind of giving details, like you know, he basically throws all over himself and just gets sick on himself later. Um, and they finally convince him to call his boss, um, to call his boss and see if they can make a deal for this coke. And which, gosh, what is that actor's name? I've seen him on so many things as well. Yeah, yeah, familiar actor as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, he's a great His name Saul Rubik. Rub, Rubnik. Oh. Okay, yeah. I, I am sure his IMDb is absolutely stuck. Oh, Unforgiven. Was, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was, a, he, he was the uh, reporter guy in Unforgiven. Yeah, he always plays some kind of weaselly character too. Yeah. Just like in this one. Def, definitely so. in this one. <laughs> um, but, oh, what a dick boss, by the way. He, he was so great. I, I guess I need to be like that in my life. Um, so he, so basically he gets the phone call and he's just like, I have to deal with you Monday through Friday. Why are you calling me on a Sunday? Sunday? Oh my God. Which, uh, Tony Scott based that character off of, um, off of, uh, Joel Silver. They had just did last Boy Scout together and he hated Joel Silver. And he he basically (laughs) had that guy playing Joel Silver. That is fantastic. That's funny. That is, that's legit. (laughs) <laughs> like just you're a dick by the way <laughs> I Joel Silver really isn't like that holy mm. shit that's funny so yeah I, I I think for the most part we we have a uh we'll use this guy's last name we have a rubric for a for for a drug deal um you know but mm. that's essentially what happens is that hey you know they'll do a meet they'll just make sure that it actually is you know real and you know taste the product and then you know if he likes it everything goes good um, you know, he'll he'll let you know. So it's basically not promised, but essentially it, it's 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 a go for for a deal or the the blueprint of a deal. Um, so um, basically, everybody goes their separate ways. Um, Christian Slater's character with uh, with Michael Rappaport's character, um, they basically go out to get food while Alabama, aka Patricia Arquette, goes back to the motel. Oh um, man. Yeah, exactly. This is where it gets really good. Um, so, we, like we said, the the best people who are pursuing Christian Slater and a uh, Patricia Arquette are not cops. It's still the mob, and they still <laughs> like their number one enforcer. They send uh, good old Tony, good old uh, <laughs> good old Sopranos himself, <laughs> Mister Tony mm-hmm. Soprano, James Gandolfini. Uh, so. This is where he goes first to the apartment where Michael Rappaport and Brad Pitt stays at, which also had to be the most random dialogue where you think about it from an acting standpoint and just like a real life standpoint of you have this enforcer who is trying to find people and you have this crazy stone head who is just, you know, <laughs> he, he is just stoned out of his mind and just yeah. giving up the goods, like just talking to anybody that's at his door. Mm. Yeah, man, no, I'm not, I'm not Dick. Oh, no, Dick and his buddy. Yeah, no, they're staying at this motel. Just He's out of it. He's not goods. in any of the conversations, but he hears everything. Knows he knows all the information and, and, and can give all the inf- information away every single time. <laughs> 
But I love, I love it. it with that scene, right? With uh, James Gandolfini, and he and he he gives up all the information, no problem, like no hesitation in telling him where where these people are, and uh, so he leaves, and then you hear him mumble to himself. He's like, "Try to condescend me, like 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 he, he got." I'll attitude. kill you, man. Yeah, after, no, after he you, literally man. just before he invited him in to watch TV with him. Hey, man, you want to sit down and watch some TV? Like, like I'm like, what the hell? Uh, Brad Pitt did that. To be buddies, man. He was high for oh. real. Fuck that. I'm convinced. But uh, let us continue. Where are we, where are we at? Oh, this this uh, is a, a little bit of a the disturbing scene because yeah. James Gandolfini oh, yeah. does. So James Gandolfini makes it to the motel, sees Patricia Arquette, and pretty much like, right off the bat, her character knows that he he, he is not a a savory guy. Uh, mm -hmm. something's up um he's actually uh, i guess i take that back he's actually in the motel and she's there and um he has the shotgun already like you know about to ask some questions trying to figure out where these drugs are for his boss um he he is as ruthless as can be and just does some of the most cold-blooded shit to uh yeah. beat the information just, just out beats of a her. woman alabama where's our coke and uh where's clarence When's he coming back? I'm sorry, I think you're in the wrong room. My name is Sadie. We don't have any Coke, but there's a Pepsi machine down the hall. <laughs> I don't know anybody named Clarence, but perhaps my husband does. You can ask him, because he'll be home in a minute. He plays football. He's just at practice. <laughs> Unbelievably cute. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Let me see those eyes. What a face. Mm -hmm. Do me a favor. Turn around for me. Okay. No, 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 go the other way. Oh yeah, I I mean he starts off with probably like one of the the fucking one of the hardest hits, but just the way how he sets the shit up, he's just uh, like, hey, you know, can you can you turn around? Mm -hmm. You know, and she's just like trying up. to just do like a pretty walk, and she's like, yeah, turn around the other way, and just fucking clocks her. I felt like I don't care how fake the blood is, I don't care how fake the seed is, that was that was pretty believable. Like he was mm -hmm. James Kittlevini, like really was like. And props to Patricia Arquette too. Oh, great, I mean, great acting that scene. Yeah, she this is some stellar acting on her part as well, man. I mean, she uh it was a heart-wrenching scene seeing her get mm -hmm. so much abuse, but god damn it if she doesn't give it back to him though, man. Uh -huh. She gets him. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> she turns it around on him. He beats her pretty bad, but she turns it around. She clocks him with that toilet cover thing mm -hmm. man and stabs him the there, foot with a corkscrew, corkscrew. Yeah. On him. She, she, she catches his head on fire with hairspray <laughs> and, and blows his head off. she just kept unleashing that shotgun on his head man they, they mm -hmm. couldn't have been any head left after that uh, and and another thing i gotta say she this isn't the first time in this movie that she fires a gun 
She does it mm -hmm. like a pro. There's no pro oh, yeah. for nothing. She it's like it's just like bang bang, like she's been doing it all her life. But mm -hmm. this is a Tarantino script. So that is part mm -hmm. of the very true. <laughs> very, very gory. Lots of blood, lots yeah. of overkill. So yeah. Yeah. At this point, uh, doesn't Christian Slater return? He does. Yeah, he, he eventually finds makes her. it back. Yeah. It's like yeah. we gotta get After out of here now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically. <laughs> Which I love before that, the whole time while she's getting her ass beat, he's once again like fanboying, uh, fanboying over uh, Elvis Presley. Uh -huh. Like the guy's like reading the magazine and he's just like, oh, that is the greatest magazine I have ever uh -huh. read. And it's like, meanwhile, it just cuts back and forth between her getting her ass beat and he's just like, yeah. has his boner for Elvis. So, Christian yeah. Slater's character has issues, man. This whole Elvis uh -huh. thing. I, I get the reference and I get it, but still, it's like, I don't know, man. Um, let's just call him Travel Travis Bickle for the rest of this episode. Yeah. Uh, Travis Bickle uh, the second, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so uh, he returns to find his uh, new bride beaten to a bloody pulp, um, yeah. and he's like, "Never again! I'm never gonna leave you alone again." Oh, uh, well, right uh, now. At the <laughs> yeah, well, a lot right. of that doesn't. Yeah. And, and to her credit, again, to the character's credit, she she took it in stride. She was like, "Yeah, yeah," and uh, you know, he for some reason he drives her to the airport. <laughs> to, to to like you know dress her wounds uh, uh -huh. airport i don't know yeah, but man. hey i guess it seemed like a good setting for that purpose and uh does this lead into the actual drug deal well no, i think this is where balky gets pulled over he's driving the porsche ah, down the yes, highway yes, 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 weaving yes. around gets pulled over by the cops and uh <laughs> he has a girl in the car Mm -hmm. And then uh, she, oh, they so argue. He, he keeps telling her, "Put the coke in your purse," and she's like, "No." He's like, "Put it in your bra." She's like, "I'm not wearing a bra." <laughs> and then finally, he keeps on arguing. He calls her a whore, and then she, she hits him, and his hand is holding the bag of coke, and it smacks him in the face, and he has coke all over his face as a cop right when the cop walks. <laughs> I love that she's laughing at him in his face uh -huh. too. Like after she does this, she's like, "Ah, like ha ha, you got coke all over your face." It, it was just hilarious. It was a great scene, fantastic scene. Um, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, so they take him in, and uh, these two cops, played by uh, Chris Penn and Tom and, uh, Sizemore, Tom Sizemore, yeah, they're they're grilling him, and they get this information about this drug deal that's about to go down with a uh, Bronson Pinchot's boss. And Christian Slater, they go to their chief and they explain to him, yo, this is big. You got to give us this case, blah, blah, blah. We want to, you know, we want the credit. This chief was like, yeah, sure. Why not? You know, he was like, yeah. it took no time. to put a wire on, on Balky. They want him yes. to wear a wire. In his balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, is that standard? Do, do they, would they do that? I mean, I wouldn't put it past police to do that, but I thought, I always thought a wire was like small enough to. I mean, I don't. They yeah. use they use the reference scrotum. Uh, <laughs> they said scrotum. Well, no, no, I mean, I'm sure they're probably like Bluetooth, uh, Bluetooth wires now. But back uh, in the I day, I so. guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just, Can we get scrotum yeah. mics for this podcast? I mean, would that help us if we uh, we had scrotum mics? Well, Listen, Scott, you're I, free to do. I what actually you want, have man. a scrotum mic. You guys have never seen ah, mine. It's just underneath. That's true. That I just have true. great voice projection. I'm always talking <laughs> down. I, now you guys know my secret. Perfect. Ah, that's a Bluetooth Snuggie you're wearing. Um, <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> anyways, uh, so this leads now, to the actual drug deal, deal now. 
Yes, yeah. yes. Now yes. we're into this drug deal. And this is where the shit hits the fan. All these forces converge and the sa- in the at the same time in the same place. And it's it they handled this scene brilliantly. You know, well, there, really there's a funny scene first where they're going up the elevator and oh, Christian yes. Slater decides to hold a gun to Balky's head to you know, you know, what what's gonna what's gonna happen up there? What what are, what are we walking into, you know? And basically Balky's freaking out and the cops are listening in the whole time and they're and they're like, oh no, he's not gonna, he's not gonna do he's, it. He's, he's not gonna hurt. He's not. Uh, and then also, oh no, maybe maybe he is gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, going back and forth, and Balkis is like, I just, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. <laughs> I wish someone would crack. come and take me away. Yeah, someone take me away. <laughs> and finally, Christian Slater just relents. Is like, okay, no, you're fine. You're fine. It's all right. So they reach. Uh, a pe- I don't know if it's a penthouse. This guy's room. This big hotshot producer's room. And uh, he has his bodyguards there. He has these two armed guards. Yes, with Uzis, not not guns. Uzis, yeah. like mm-hmm. yeesh. Um, like what were they expecting? Uh, do they do this often? <laughs> like why would they have Uzis? Anywho, uh, they meet the director. There's intros all around, and at first the director is uh, questioning. He's suspicious, you know. Meanwhile, Bronson Pinchot is wired, so he's getting all of this. At one point. Well, Christian Slater's character is like buttering this guy up. He's talking about one of his movies, one of the greatest movies of all time, um, Blasey Blasey. And uh, this guy eats it up because he's totally ego-driven, this producer. Mm-hmm. And uh, at one point, he pulls him outside to to talk to him privately. And uh, Bronson Pinchot is not close enough to, so the cops can hear what's going on. But he's basically asking him, like, like this is too good to be true, too good of a price. You know, why Why is this going down the way it is? But Christian Slater manages to convince him, you know, again, by feeding his ego, basically. Yeah. And uh, so the deal's going down, and that's when the cops come in. Once well, they... I think before this, um, mm-hmm. the mobsters show up, and they see, they, they run into Brad Pitt, like the whole ah, crew yes, of them. Yes. How can they we... all yeah. show up there, and he basically gives them exact directions where to yes. go to the hotel. But they're like, dude, As he's dude, smoking out of his bog yes. made out yeah. of honey. Too much. Well, he's like, yeah, you, you take a right over here, you take a left over here, he's going to be a hotel. He's giving the whole thing while they're all standing over him. What I love in the middle of giving directions, he he stops to ask if they want to hit. <laughs> he, he's like, and then you somebody cocks their shotgun and he's like, all right. Oh. <laughs> he's just like, oh, okay, I guess not. Like, and he contends, yeah, gives them exact directions to this hotel. So the mob is on their way. At this point, though, back to the drug deal in the hotel room. The cops bust in, oh. right? And these two these bodyguards, the producer's bodyguards, they killed me because they were like, they were like, the producer was like, hey man, you know, like stand oh, down. No. Like, 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 yeah. and they were like, no, no, fuck that. I hate cops. Like, like no, they have machine guns. They don't tell the cops, you put your guns down. <laughs> Which I gotta say is true. They yeah. were uh-huh. like, like, there's a big difference between a handgun and an Uzi. And mm-hmm. Uzi, you just gotta spray and you're gonna hit something. You know, so they they had a good point. So there's confusion. <laughs> is this when the mob? The mob comes in the, the, yeah. the other door. So now it's a Mexican standoff. You got yes. cops on one side of the room. You got the mob on the other side of the room. You got the two uh, machine gun carrying bodyguards off to the side. And then you got our, 
our main characters in the middle, yes. uh, except for Christian except Slater, for, who's in the bathroom yeah. talking, talking to Elvis, Elvis and does not hear any of this. No, I mean, how does he not hear all these doors busting in, people yelling and screaming, and he's in the he's in there in his delusional state talking talking to Elvis again? That's that Travis Bickle shit, man. I'm telling huh? you, he was a freaking psychopath. And I don't care how big this uh room in this hotel or how far away the bathroom could be, you'd hear some shit. You, you it was right it. in the middle because he gets caught in the crossfire in a minute. You know, so he yeah. was in, basically in the middle of that room too, just yeah. in the toilet. <laughs> oh, Travis Bickle, I'm telling you. Uh, Anyhow, yeah. So that, like Scott said perfectly, this is a Mex Mexican standoff, and no one wants to stand down. No one is standing down. Yeah. And Bronson Pinchot, Bronson poor Pinchot. guy, he got a raw deal in this movie, <laughs> man. Poor guy. So you hear this little faint voice, like, uh, "Excuse me, excuse uh, me," officer, and he's referring officer. to one of the cops. Yeah, to Chris Penn. He's telling Chris, yeah, Chris Penn, Penn. Can, "Can I go now? Can I leave? I'm like, done here, right?" Yeah, and that's when the person has nothing to like, do with me. Yeah, he's like, this has nothing to do with me at this point. Like, like my job is done. The producer, his boss, sees what's happening and sees that he got, you know, he basically got busted uh, because of Bronson Pinchot and he gets mad at him. And he, what did he do? He threw a cup they of coffee, coffee at him. Yeah. Why yeah. did the cop shoot him? For shoot him for coffee. For coffee. I, <laughs> like, he thought he was coffee. a black guy. He, oh, <laughs> ouch. <laughs> Oh shit! He saw that he had his hands up before it, right? Uh -huh. And he, he put it, yeah. he the coffee to throw it at Bronson Pinchot and Pinchot in his anger, and he gets shot by Chris Penn. That that's I don't get it, yeah. but hey, it was, it was everybody. A, then the bolts start flying. Oh, yeah. I think it was it's Tom Sizemore that shot. I don't think it was Chris Penn. And oh. then Tom Sizemore is not wearing a bulletproof vest, and he gets blown away. Right away. Oh yeah, he's the first. No, one. Chris, Chris Penn, are, but not not well. He's he's all like it's all hanging yeah, off. Like of if him. he is like what it, it doesn't cover the side. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not a good bust. Uh, a drug bust. I don't know. None of the cops in this movie are no. Yeah. On point. Uh, I, I, but but that was that was part of the course for back then. You know, cops were always put in a very silly light i guess anyhow yeah so chaos ensues it's gunfire everywhere everything's getting shot everyone's getting shot <laughs> except of course for <laughs> our main characters they all drop to the floor michael rapaport patricia arquette at this point christian slater comes out and uh, he gets shot right away right Just right away gets hit right away yeah Everyone gets shot. <laughs> Everyone gets Except shot. Except for Michael Rappaport. Michael Rappaport mm. throws the, the uh, case of cocaine up in the air and he gets shot and he uses his cover and runs out into the hallway and takes off. Which which made no sense to me because the producer got shot for coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like what well, he thought he was doing with the, the bag of coke in the air. Uh. But it, it, it did provide decent enough cover. I mean, all that powder flying everywhere. It basically formed a fog, you could say, at that point. And um, uh, yeah, he gets, gets shot, too. He gets gunned down. Yeah, All the, yeah. Everybody gets gunned down. The, both of the guys with machine guns get, gets clipped. It gets down to having one one mobster guy, the one guy that only speaks Italian, mm -hmm. and then Chris Penn and another cop. And Michael uh, Beach, actually. That that, that actor Beach. has been in so many things. Uh, yeah, yeah, he plays a cop in everything. He's always a cop. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then he gets... He gets shot at the way he once again wearing a bulletproof vest, but gets shot in the stomach and he dies. Chris Penn, they they does kill the mobster, and then he hears the bodyguard off to the side saying, "Call an ambulance! Yeah, call I an need ambulance! Call I need an ambulance!" <laughs> and he walks over and executes the guy, <laughs> shoots him right in the head. Alabama's off to the side when she sees this, and she just 
pulls up her gun and shoots Chris Penn mm. perfectly in the side. Yes. I mean, there was a lot of side to shoot, but she guns down Chris Penn. So it's only Alabama and uh, Christian Slater who looks like he's dead on the ground, but yeah. he comes too. Of After course. a lot of crying, her tears brings him back. He's been shot in the eye, but it looks like it kind of just uh, uh, grazed him. I don't think it went into his skull. At this point, you know, everyone in the room is dead and you hear the cops in the uh, cop cars in the distance coming. So she picks him up and the smartest move she ever made in this movie, uh -huh. that that case with the money, man. She was like, money, yeah, I'm baby. picking your ass with one hand, but I'm making sure the other hand has our monies. And uh, they walk out. They, they, I love that they just walk out. This man is bleeding. Christian Slater is bleeding yeah. out of his eye. There is a standoff in the lobby. There's one mobster left in the lobby. He's holding someone hostage. The cops are in a standoff with them, and they kind of sneak out. But yeah, he it does look pretty... Uh, I think someone would have stopped them. What I loved is when they got outside and they're walking out of the, the hotel driveway, and, mm -hmm. you know, cop cars are whizzing by them. But Christian Slater had, has his hand in his pocket like he's trying to look normal. And I'm uh, like, it made him look even more guilty uh, of something. Yeah, he's like hunched over. Yeah, he's like hunched over. Like, like, I'm normal. Everything's normal. Um, but yeah, they get away. Uh, the next scene is them driving. And you see a sign uh, for Mexico. Um, mm -hmm. They were five miles away from Mexico. And we get some monologue by Patricia Arquette's character on the beach. And what I assume to be Cancun, because that's what they spoke of earlier. He did ask her at that airport scene, where would you want to go after after we get our monies? And she's like, Cancun. So that is, I guess, where they ended Which up. Which is a bit of a drive from uh, the border over there to Cancun. That's yeah, not really close. That's not like the northern tip of Mexico, Cancun. Mm -hmm. You got to go through some, you know, a lot of Mexico before you. I don't think Cancun. she can read Spanish. I'm sure she ended up in Tijuana. So yeah. They, they were probably <laughs> just in Tijuana. Good enough. Well, I mean, Cancun, they whatever. had basically like a three-year-old child. So, I mean, yeah. I think they eventually uh, they had some time. made it. Nah. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they probably still in and, um, probably Probably yeah. still in California. <laughs> they could have been California. <laughs> I know, right? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Basically, child's name's Elvis. Yes. And we hit the yes. sunset and True romance, American yeah. story. Yeah. <laughs> this is a it's a score by Hans Zimmer, which I, I like the score. I like oh. the little like I don't know okay. what it was they were they were doing, but I thought it sounded it, pretty interesting. Basically, very, okay. very unique. It it was unique, and, and you know, the first time I saw this movie, I was like, I don't know if I love or hate that music. Yeah, I didn't know what to make of the soundtrack, but this upon hearing it now and revisiting this movie, I was like, it seems fitting. You know, yeah. it's like some fake steel drums, like yeah. some 80s synth pop steel drums. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it worked. It worked yeah. for the most part. I don't know about the soundtrack here. The soundtrack wasn't great. You know, well, I, what, they, what was in the soundtrack? They had a, there's a Soundgarden song that was uh, Outshine, which is probably the only song I liked in it. And there, everything else sounded kind of dated. I, I kind of got mad that they played Outshine for uh, that stoner Brad Pitt scene. But I guess it's kind yeah. of fitting. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I will admit, I'm not a big Aerosmith fan, but I do like that track that Take Me to yeah. the Other Side. Yeah. Like, I like that's one of the few modern Aerosmith songs that I like. Not modern anymore, but at the time. Yeah, this movie was 31 years ago. I feel so old. See, it why did you like have to go there, ago. Scott? You didn't have to go there. <laughs> yeah. old, bro. This is how good uh, it was. It not hold 
how old wow i cannot okay. believe this it doesn't look that old it does no, it in looking at it it looks like a modern what the film. fuck are you guys talking about oh, what do you mean God. it doesn't look old <laughs> like it doesn't look old i mean for crying out loud like are you guys listening to music on your zoom zoom is old <laughs> and, and zoom has you know what i mean like what are we talking about of course it looks old as shit it doesn't look other than the phone booth. This movie could have could have come out ten years ago. It looks fine. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I think you forgot what ten years ago it was. Get like, out of here! This is like a fucking silent film for Dana. It's like a black. <laughs> Are you kidding me? The most will been in black and white for him. He, that's a jeez. Wow. Oh man. Okay. So that's true romance for you. Are we gonna go into how good was it? Do we wanna get yeah, into Yeah, yeah, I don't think it was uh a lot. I think we 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 did kind of in depth on this. I think we already talked a lot uh, about the film, so I think we can get into reviews. Well, Dana, you know what to do, young man. Play go that for role. yours. Let me uh, yes. get comfortable here and uh, uh, see now I'm worried my put on the spot. Snuggie, um that means he's just like oh that's like a batman and robin that's a mr freeze outfit right there you're, you're gonna <laughs> say I definitely look like a mr freeze henchman yes. <laughs> to say the least only time you need to use the word cozy in your life um <laughs> so yeah I, I mean this movie was was pretty interesting i i think um in the first part when we discussed this movie and we kind of talked about uh tarantino it, it, this really felt like a tarantino film i mean i think that's why i was very surprised that he didn't actually direct it but a lot of the things that i remember about tarantino films it felt like it just came right off the back the pacing with this the, the over-the-top action scenes some of the over-the-top dialogue like this this felt like a good old-fashioned tarantino film i i guess when you watch the movie and, and just for what it is it, it the whole entertainment of this is truly just that it, this is an action scene that's just uh an action movie that just that just keeps on delivering more and more action at the end of the day i mean there's it, pretty straightforward guy meets girl guy and girl decide to do some crazy shit you know insert drugs here um <laughs> i mean it, it's it's tough because you know i we, we were talking about it in part one when i about Tarantino and for, for me it, this I wouldn't say I'm conflicted but it kind of fits into that pot that I said it's either you like them or you don't like them when especially when it comes to a lot of his movies and there's really no in between I, I feel like Tarantino and a lot of his work is just that polarizing for this one compared to his other films and just other films that are similar to this nature kind of just fast-paced action uh, fast-paced dialogue type of movies it, it just i understand why it was made for 13 million and didn't do more than 13 million oh, wow i mean i i didn't necessarily hate the movie i i would say it's just like eh, you know it, it's it's okay but I, I you know i wouldn't really call it good i would just say eh, if it's on maybe i'll watch it just because i i I personally like action movies and I'm okay with action movies for, for what they are. And, you know, but it, it just didn't really, there's nothing more to that. This film's going to bring for you. It, it, it hits a need of just, of just straight up action. So, I mean, how good was it? Meh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, take it or leave it, but eh, meh. Uh, okay. But I mean, I, I would say for anybody that just, if your introduction to Tarantino is this film, I would say there's he has other films that are better 
And I probably could say he also has other films that are worse, but yeah. it's going to be those similar themes and the differ, the differing theme is really just sometimes the settings could be so much better. Sometimes the, the dialogue could be better, um, but you're more or less going to get this. And, and to me, it felt pretty much Tarantino like, so, you know, this would probably be on the lighter scale of his movies while something like Reservoir Dogs or Kill Bill and those movies would be like better movies in my opinion. Um, even Natural Born Killers, like he wrote that, like I could see how that's just a, a better film um, compared to it. So I would always give Tarantino a chance, but it, it does fit kind of just in, eh, if it's on, it's on. If it's off, you're not missing too much, but as as a whole, um, I like Tarantino kind of just for for these type of works. So, so okay. yeah, meh. <laughs> meh. Okay, so let's go. For the most part, yeah, I do agree with you, Dana. Um, this is Tarantino light. When you go down his filmography, you know he's known for being a lot more intense, a lot more. There's usually more of everything. There's more action. There's more violence more racial slurs <laughs> you know uh all these there's things. a lot of racial slurs in this Jimmy. yeah, yeah. <laughs> could have been more could have been more we need yeah. more well yeah uh, for me this movie is mostly about nostalgia and more having to do with my wife you know uh it took me back to a time when uh my wife and i st first started dating and we we lived separately she lived in florida and i lived in new york and so anytime we got together it was very special for us and one of the things we bonded over was movies. And so when she would come visit me in New York, that's all we did. I mean, I was poor. I didn't have any. Not that that's changed much now, but I was really poor back then. I lived in this tiny studio apartment and she did, you know, to her credit, she didn't want to go out. She didn't want. We just stayed home and enjoyed each other's company and watched movies. And this was one of her favorite movies. She introduced me. This was one of many movies that she introduced me to at the time. So a lot of this movie for me, is nostalgia. That being said, yeah, I agree with Dana. You know, uh, since then, Tarantino, Tarantino's filmography has just grown. And he's also grown as a filmmaker. There's a big difference between what he was doing back then with things like Reservoir Dogs and even going into Pulp Fiction. And then you watch something like uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And there is a maturity there. Uh, ugh, excuse me. There is a maturity going on there. There is growth as a filmmaker. Yeah, he still has his tropes, his over-the-top action, his crazy-ass scripts. Um, he has his characters say the most insane shit, but they always end up telling great stories, don't they? Such as uh, Dennis Hopper did in his scene in this movie with Christopher Walken. For me, how good was it? It was good. It was good. It was a good, solid action romance thing. I don't know what you would classify this under, but it was good. I would dare say the weakest part of this movie probably is Christian Slater for me. He's a fine actor and he did fine in this role, but he was outshined, not to go back to that Soundgarden reference, but <laughs> um, he was, you know, every Patricia Arquette was stellar. Um, Dennis Hopper was Dennis Hopper. Christopher Walker was good. They're always stellar. You know, he was, if if there was a weak link to this movie, it was probably Christian Slater. And he did fine. He was okay. I don't mean to say he did a bad job. Just that he didn't really add anything to the movie. I could have seen, like Scott said before, I, I probably would have rather seen someone like Val Kilmer 
do that role. I think it would have been a lot more interesting. But we got what we got with Christian Slater, and he did fine. How good was this movie? It was good. It was good. I would watch it again, especially I'd have to watch it with the wife. That's that's what makes it special for me. But uh, go Scott. Well, I think uh, I think I'm have a similar review to to uh, June. I mean, I I I agree. I think Patricia Arquette was a, probably the star of this film. I thought I thought she nailed it. And you know, I think we talked about in the first half of the film that uh, um, who was uh, I don't Dana. You were saying somebody's had a long oh Sam Jackson, of course, has had a long career. She's had a long career. She's still yeah. you know popular actress. Still does a lot of work. And uh, yeah, I mean, she shows in this film. She has a lot of range and. And uh, makes the character believable, likable, crazy, all in one. And Christian Slater is, I think, a little bit of the weak link. You know, I would have loved to have seen um, what Brad Pitt or Val Kilmer would have done with this. And I think I would like to have seen what Tarantino would have done with this movie as well. I think he would yeah. be a little bit different film if he directed than Tony Scott. Tony Scott is a great director, but he's more kind of a mainstream director. I mean, he did Top Gun. He did movies like that and he he can build the action and he can build suspense but i think tarantino would have made it a little bit different i think he would have had a little bit different choices uh in the character in that in the actors he, you know uh tarantino wanted david carradine to play to play the lead role in this and <laughs> and um joan kuzak to play the the alabama character so what? yeah that so, would have made know, for an interesting flick. It, it would have been interesting. Movie. I um, it probably would have got less than thirteen million dollars in the box ah, office. <laughs> I'd have to agree on that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think I would have liked to have seen that. But all in all, it's it's an enjoyable film. Uh, I still cannot believe it's, it came out over thirty years ago because it just doesn't it doesn't seem that long ago <laughs> to me. I know I know well, that Dana, you were you were a young <laughs> child when this movie came out, but to me, I was an adult and I saw this in the theater, so. Yeah, this is uh, it's it's a little traumatizing for me. So, uh, how good was it? I I I think it was pretty good. I still enjoyed the film. Still enjoyed enjoyed most of the performances, and yeah, it was fun. We pretty much had similar reviews on this one. Um, it was a nice revisit. Um, it reminded me what a strong writer Quentin Tarantino was. Yeah. Again, I have a overwhelming fondness. My favorite Tarantino film is uh, Reservoir Dogs. It still is to this day. Um, because you had that rawness of a young filmmaker, right, mm -hmm. who wants to try new things and whatever. And it was it was over the top. But the characterization in that movie is and his dialogue. His dialogue is always interesting. No matter what he does, it's, it's always going to be yeah. there's, there's a there's a rhythm to it that mm -hmm. uh, it's just it's interesting to to hear even when he's saying racist shit it's still it's still interesting <laughs> to hear so and, yeah and it is the saving grace of this movie was the script you know for yeah. a lot of it um i could see where tony scott watered it down and when i say watered it down i don't mean that in a negative way i still think it's a good film um but he gave it more of that hollywood sheen right where he changed could, the ending too i believe it in the ending, they both died. Christian Slater and Patricia Arquette in the script, uh, Tarantino killed him. And it was quite upset when Tony Scott told him, like, no, I don't want to kill them. I, I like these characters. And Tarantino now says that he thinks he did the right decision by not killing him. But uh, he didn't at the time. He didn't think it was the right one. Oh, that that proves it to me. You know, it's like that it would have been a Tarantino thing to do. You know, uh, you mentioned uh, Natural Born Killers earlier in this episode. And yeah, there's a lot of similarities, but even though they were both 
uh, films that weren't directed by Tarantino and were written by them, still, that was more Tarantino than this film. Yeah. And uh, it was over the top in every way, <laughs> in every way For possible. Sure. Yeah. But uh, but I guess that's about that about wraps it up. Any more observations on a true romance, Quentin Tarantino or anything else related? Well, I mean, there's a lot of things related. I mean, I think we're, we're, we're going to be truthful. Uh, I mean, we, we did a few movies this month, and uh, I, the only thing I think related is that we, we just need some better sex workers or just we need better sex workers as consultants of actresses that play sex workers. That's, that's all I'm saying. I, I, I am not against sex work. I, I, you know, this is the oldest profession. Um, I, I, it is very important for the economy, I am sure. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I said it before, I, I think we got to rank them. I, I mean, all these movies seem to have a theme, wink, wink. And um, I, I think the theme is uh, not that there's just sex workers, but I, sex workers that were just, why were all these sex workers so lovable? Like, I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> I mean, so we had, <laughs> they were, you know, because they were terrible at their job. They were. Oh, like, yeah. really? I mean, at the we end have of the to day, exclude it's... the fourteen-year-old child. We, we got to take. Okay, okay. Oh, and that's the only one I was going to give. Great. I was like, to be fair, child <laughs> prostitution is never good. Let me repeat that. Let me go into my to my uh, scrotum mic. Child prostitution is not a good thing. Okay. <laughs> Well, listeners, this is our last episode. Uh, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed. Hope you enjoyed our run as much as we did. Um, but we're gonna get canceled after this. I think it's a good place to end it right there before we yeah, get that makes sense and get in even more trouble than we probably already in. Okay, man. With that, let let's let's say goodbye to True Romance as usual. Please follow, like, and subscribe. We are on all the streaming platforms google podcast will end soon so i'm not going to say anything about that <laughs> we'll make sure to migrate to youtube as everyone else seems to be doing that please follow like subscribe and i guess that's about it say bye guys hey uh i wish i could insert a samuel l jackson impersonation <laughs> right here <laughs> what movie would you like us to review drop your suggestions by hitting us up at how good was it pod at gmail.com. <laughs>